Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Journey Coaching. We're super passionate about all things coaching and want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training over a thousand life coaches. Dive deep into a more meaningful career, find freedom, and make an impact. Hey guys, on today's episode, we're going to talk about a super popular topic, transitioning from therapy to coaching. Noelle, good morning. Good morning. This is a good one. And you're a good person to talk to about this. Yes, I have, uh, I have this story. <laughs> and I've realized that especially now more than ever, um, there's a lot of therapists and we feel, we feel it at Journey Coaching who are uh, uh, what, what I call hopping the fence, you know, who are coming over, who are exploring coaching, which is interesting because uh, 10 years ago, therapists, generally speaking, I'm not talking about all therapists, but the um, feeling was a lot of therapists uh, looked down on coaching, was against coaching. It was like, you know, us versus them. But now it's changing. It is changing. I experienced that pushback um, when I was in graduate school studying clinical sexology, um, that there were a lot of folks who didn't truly understand coaching as a separate and distinct discipline. And I think a couple of things have happened. I think that the field of coaching itself has advanced in the public's consciousness. So therefore, more people understand that it is a gorgeous discipline with so much science um, associated with it. And also, you know, I think that a lot of therapists are getting burnt out and that's real and true. And, you know, I'd love to hear your take on it, but my take on it um, when I was making the choice myself between the clinical path and the coaching path, I know myself and I wouldn't be okay if I spent all my time processing pain. Yeah, that's not for you, right? Uh, no. And, and, it, and you know, that's why a lot of therapists get burned out. I mean, when you have back-to-back -back sessions and that's what you're doing all day, five days a week, it's very easy to fall into your own quicksand. Yeah. And, you know, thank God for our therapist. My own therapist is a saint and yeah. I would be lost without her. And my coach is a badass and I would be lost without her. And so, you know, I love that the disciplines are finding each other and seeing that there's room for everybody. And then even as individuals, you can do both and do it well. I love that you said a saint and a badass and it, it, to me, it, no, but I was like, wait a minute, that that's, you know, why not have both, you know, and, and right. also both can come uh, in the form of one person or two, but like to have a saint where you can process your feelings and all of that, and then have a badass who's going to make you accountable. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and that's how therapy and coaching fits on two sides of the same coin. One side is let's get you better. And the other side is let's move you forward. Right. And I think a part of this, uh, and I got to say for myself as well, who went through the whole clinical journey, when I see a coach, not so much anymore, but, but before, um, I felt like they cut in line. I felt like because I had to pay sixty thousand dollars, I'm still, you know, I still got student loans. I had to get my master's. I had to do three thousand. Like because the journey of becoming a therapist is so long and expensive. Um, when I started to see coaches um, thriving and, and building practices, I was like, wait a minute, they cut in line. 
they should have done what and i think that um you know which is which is uh coming from you know own own stuff but i think a lot of that feeling was uh, as part of the pushback yeah i think that's really important let's talk about that because i have um i have a perspective on it and you know it's one of the things that i've explored myself internally of saying oh you know is there a universe in which i should go back and finish my phd um and you know when we're talking about cutting in line so to speak I think one of the most important things for both coaches and therapists to understand is that um, there are different lines, number one. And number two, um, the, the field of therapy, because it exists within the medical model, is a lot more accessible than coaching in terms of being able to gain and find employment. So you know, if there's a coach out there that you're seeing who's super duper successful and making everyone's dreams come true, hey, that's awesome. But that person had to do a lot of stuff that a regular and traditionally based therapist um, doesn't necessarily have to do or think about because they can plug into a very structured and expansive professional system that already exists. What a great point. Yes, you're absolutely right. If you are a therapist, there are treatment centers, there are, you know, work in, uh, there's work in nonprofit, there are a lot more structures you could plug into. As a coach, um, you have to build that pretty much, um, you know, it, it's it's all on you. I mean, yes, you have support and you have, you know, communities and all that, but there are definitely less uh, uh, built in structures for, for employment. There are, and that's starting to change as well. Uh, I was just having this conversation yesterday with somebody who's going to be coming into Journey Coaching, talking about how Zappos uh, famously hires coaches, internal coaches for each of their departments. Amazon created a position for life coaches for folks who are having performance review troubles. Um, We get at Journey Coaching at least one or two inquiries a week as to how folks can hire our coaches. So that system is starting to build, which is really cool. Um, But for now, I think we are still kind of in the wild west as coaches. And, you know, let's let's break it down. What is the first thing that you think uh, somebody who's currently a therapist would need to think about as far as kind of a shock to your system when you're moving into coaching? Um, Letting go of this whole what it looks like to be a therapist i know that uh uh, and a lot of students we have a journey coaching one of their struggles is okay now that i'm a coach um how do how do i you know um what do i do with my therapy stuff do i you know do i ignore that part of me do i you know um take that hat off and i'm i don't think you have to it's a part of you it's a part of your story you know it just adds more value to you as a catalyst um i think getting comfortable with the fact that uh, it's not like you're removing one part of yourself and and entering another. You're just evolving and advancing and learning more tools and and turning different dials in the way that you want to help someone. Yeah, I totally agree. And I might be able to reframe it and give it a little bit of a different lens. So what I heard you talking about is if you've been clinically trained as a therapist, you have 
a vast wealth of theoretical underpinnings mm -hmm. at your fingertips. And those theoretical underpinnings can form uh, working in a lot of different ways, whether you transition into education or you transition into coaching, or even if you transition into marketing, you can still use your knowledge. But there's a big difference when we're looking at two completely different disciplines between utilizing theoretical underpinnings and technique and framework that would be enacting in coaching versus a treatment plan in therapy. Yes, absolutely. And also in therapy school, there's a lot of hard lines. And so when we go from therapist to coaching, we question, um, you know, what's right, what's wrong, what's, what's ethical. Uh, and then you start getting afraid because we've been programmed in therapy school um, because the, just the, the, the boundaries and the lines and, and, and how you're supposed to practice is more um, restrictive for sure. I agree with you. And I think a big part of what you're saying for me would be the biggest culture shock that I observe. And that's moving from this concept of invisibility as a practitioner to mm -hmm. visibility as yeah. a coach. Yeah. And I'm actually um, an, uh, an example of that. You know, I left the clinical world because I felt like I was wearing a straitjacket. Yeah. And I think that this landscape is changing, but my understanding, and I'd love your feedback, is that a lot of therapists don't really think about themselves in terms of developing a brand. Yes. And you know what? It's also something that we are not taught, you know? And so when I went through my program, there was nothing about um, branding and social media and how you're going to grow, grow a practice and, you know, all the stuff that we teach at Journey none of that was there. It was basically, here are the uh, theoretical orientations. Here's the uh, DSF, uh, DSM, the Bible, and um, go, good luck, and, you know, <laughs> let us know how right. Have a nice day. Pay your right. student loans on time. Um, right. Yeah, exactly. no, I... I, I had the same experience and, and that was one of the things that scared me the most about transitioning into coaching from, um, from a clinical background and that I chose to move into more of a collective experience at Journey Coaching. So rather than um, creating, you know, as you have the Noel brand, um, I worked alongside with you to create Journey Coaching, which is a, a collective Mm -hmm. representation of a brand. Um, but that brand is, you know, how I express coaching and it felt more comfortable for me to be in a collective, to be a part of a practice. So, you know, for those of you who are out there, um, thinking, you know, can I do this? How do I show myself? There's lots of different ways to do it, but I think where you can begin finding freedom and comfort is knowing that you get to really attach to your why as a coach. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, your why, and, and, and many times our whys are tied to our story. I think that those whys are, are usually the most powerful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And also, I know there are a lot of things that people tell me every day that they want to do as coaches that they can't necessarily do as therapists. So mm -hmm. you can keep your therapy practice and do a whole bunch of other cool, more holistically based stuff as a coach. Yeah. And let me give you a real life example, because this just happened this week. Uh, one of our coaches, Millie, she's a, 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 an astrolog astrologer, um, but also a coach. And she's trying to, um, or she's not trying to, she is, she's applying astrology and coaching, which I think is interesting and different. 
Uh, and she gave me a session or I bought a session from her and it was great. And so um, I posted a story about her and through that post, she got six clients. And so uh, that, that model, right? Like, cause there's so much there that, that I want to um, just unpack that is new and different and refreshing from the clinical model. Um, first of all, using something like astrology, combining that with coaching, right? You could do stuff like that with coaching where you can't do stuff like that in the clinical world. And then um, we're talking about collaborations and we're talking about community and we're talking about support. Uh, uh, me using social, social media and just kind of doing a shout out, getting her six uh, actual sessions and then those may turn into clients. So all of that was never there for me before. And I think with coaching, this kind of uh, process is what's making it so uh, attractive. Yeah. And Millie is one of those coaches that I would be like, oh, she's a badass, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So let, let's give people a little bit of a starter kit. Because um, I remember when Millie first joined, I remember having the conversation with her when she first joined the intensive. It, I was still in my graduate program. This was like years ago. Yeah, and ago, thinking, yeah. yeah. And I remember how scared she was to really go for it with astrology. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. no, this is awesome. Like this mm -hmm. is a wave that you want to ride. Um, so some questions that I would pose to folks who are listening is, you know, to consider for yourself, you know, what is your why, mm -hmm. you know, what, what are you itching to do? And what do you want to do as a coach that you can't as a therapist? Yeah. And really specifically, and I think this is something that um, a lot of therapists might find very comforting, is as a coach, you really do get to have more control over your niche and the clients and the people that you see and say yes and no to. Yes. Yes. I wanted to go outside. I wanted to meet people in coffee shops. I wanted to... Um, you know, bring people into the CrossFit box. I wanted to do um, walk-in talks, you know, all that stuff uh, I could do as a coach, but I really couldn't as a therapist. And even uh, online sessions, which are common now when I started, the webcams, uh, there were things that you had to plug in. <laughs> and a lot of people were on dial-up. And as a therapist, you were not supposed to see anyone outside of your state. That may still be a rule, I'm not sure. But because of that, I was like, okay, well, then I'm going to be a coach. So for me, it was... Uh, finally being able to work in a way that was honest to me. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. And, you know, let's break it down further. So um, it is still true that you need to work within your, your state for most therapists. So if you're thinking about transitioning and or you'd like to have a dual practice, the first thing that you need to be aware of is your state laws and regulations. Yeah, That's step sure. one. Yep. You know, check it out, see what there is. Um, and then the next piece is while you can blend your knowledge and learning is never lost, if you work as both a coach and a therapist, it is absolutely essential that you have two different practices set up. And they need to be, from a consumer perspective, very, very, very clearly defined that these are two different things. Right. So as, you know, like with me, even though my... Uh... My, my username on social media is The Angry Therapist. Um, I don't consider myself, the work I do is coaching. It's all coaching. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, when we're, when we're doing this, um, John makes a really good point. He only coaches. So if you're a therapist, you cannot be a therapist and a coach 
for the same person. Your clients need to stay on one side of the fence or the other. And a best practice that I recommend is having a strong referral. So if you're working as a therapist, have a coach that you can refer to. If you're working as a coach, have a therapist that you can refer to and understand how to educate your clients about the limits of coaching as a service and make put a plan in place for how you're going to proceed if somebody needs to be referred out of your coaching practice to a therapist. Yes, I mean your client just has to know what they're signing up for, you know, that's what's uh, right and ethical. So, are they coming to see you f- uh, as a for therapy or are they coming to see you um, for coaching? Absolutely. And guys, referring out to a therapist as a coach is not a scary process. I, during the pandemic, I referred almost every single client that I have out to therapy, almost every single one, because we were hitting on levels of depression and anxiety that could not be solved with future focus. They, my clients needed to go back to therapy. They needed to talk to their doctors. They needed to explore the potential for medication and other forms of support. And I was the one who was holding up the mirror saying, guys, you're not okay. <laughs> you're not okay. And we can't keep going. <laughs> and and that's my job as a coach. And, I, you know, uh, I understand if you're new and, and you're uh, because, you know, because it's like any other field it is competitive and everyone's trying to build their practice and get their clients. And you may feel like, oh, I don't want to refer out. You know, I can handle this. Um, you got to ask yourself what kind of experience, especially if you're new, do you want to give yourself? And if the person is not in your scope of practice and you don't, you know, you're, you're ambivalent about it, you're not going to give yourself uh, a good experience and you're not going to uh, be able to gain confidence coach. So referring out is not only the right thing to do, but it's going to help you become a better coach. Absolutely. And, you know, even if you're a therapist who's transitioning, you may hit points in coaching where you hit a wall and you're not sure where to go with clients. Coaches have supervisors too. Part of the ICF process of credentialing is mentor coaching where you actually work with a supervisor as a mentor coach in order to renew my credential. I need to do hours with a mentor coach to deepen my own practice and renew that credential every several years. Um, So, you know, there, there are resources in every direction. And when you're at the starting line, you're at the starting line. And you know what? That's an awesome and exciting place to be. Yeah. And I got to say, you know, we got into this, because we want to help people, right? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're a therapist, coach, whatever, it doesn't matter how you're doing it, what you're doing, you are helping people. And so referring should make you feel good. You know, um, I, I refer people almost every day uh, just because of uh, emails and the, the people that kind of fall from the sky on, from social media. And when I hear that they had a good experience or they have grown from that referral, it just, it like lights my heart like, like, uh, like ET. <laughs> and it makes yeah. me feel... And it makes me feel good and it makes me feel like, yes, this is, this is the whole, this is why I got into this. You know, it wasn't um, trying to hoard clients and, and, and take, make money off them. It's uh, to throw, you know, the, be the, the, the brightest point that you can, you know, so referring, I think is very powerful. It is. And, you know, another piece that, um, that occurred to me as I was listening to you is that sometimes in therapy land, 
especially with burnout, um, especially with systems fatigue, um, the concept of being able to learn something new attached to a new discipline and, you know, bring new skills to your work really excites people intellectually. And so sometimes creating space to add a new tool to your toolkit is the kind of intellectual fire that'll get you over the hump of a bad week, a bad month, or a bad year. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Should we talk about technique? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I want to center technique really specifically for people who are therapists. So if you are a therapist and you are also going to work as a coach in a separate and distinct practice, one of the things that you really need to do is write into your contracts the specific coaching techniques and frameworks that you use so that there is no question that you are not doing therapy in a coaching session. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. Um, to be aware of that, you know, uh, because if you just keep practicing, you're not aware of that because uh, there is overlap. Right. And, and, and there's also when you're in a session that um, you could kind of uh, uh, snap back or, or uh, kind of go into it from a, a lens that you're used to. And so if coaching is new to you, um, to keep pulling from coaching. Keep pulling from coaching. Go back to basics. It's really common for therapists to pull coaching into their therapy sessions, but it would be against ethics to pull therapy into your coaching session. So keep that demarcation line super duper clear and keep it in writing and revisit it often. And if you ever um, have questions or need support, organizations like ours, the Journey Community, and even the ICF has an ethics hotline that you can call at any time. Yeah, but also don't be so paranoid that you're stumbling in the session because you're so scared uh, that you're going to uh, be a therapist when you're coaching. Because, you know, for example, I know a lot of our, um, our therapists who have become coaches, uh, when, when conversations start uh, happening about the past, um, they get very scared. And, you know, you just have to remind yourself you're not treating the person. You can, as a coach, talk about their entire story, and that includes their past, but you're not staying there and treating them for trauma or personality disorder or whatever. You know, As long as you know that, it's okay to talk about all parts of their story. Oh, yeah, 100%. And this is also why coach training is so important for folks who are transitioning, because in coach training, what you would learn is how to utilize someone's past from a strengths-based coaching perspective. Mm -hmm. That's part of coaching. You need to understand where someone's been, what they've overcome, what worked, what went well, what do they want to pull forward into the future in order to gather data to set current action steps and march forward, you know, yeah. off into the bright horizon. So yeah. I, I agree with you. It's it's common to be afraid of the past in coaching and and it doesn't need to be. That's why good solid training is really important. Right. The dual practice. Yeah, the dual practice. So, um, you know, let's be real. Multiple streams of revenue are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and when you're yes. coming into this space and you want to keep your therapy practice, that's 100% okay. It's not only 100% okay, I think it's awesome. 
And I think yeah, it gives yeah. therapists relief. Um, I think it sets up more ways to make money. I think it sets up, um, you know, uh, alleviation from burnout fatigue. So, you know, what do you need to know? Going into it, you mentioned this earlier, you need to have different websites, different entry points. Check out your state laws and regulations. You might want to, and we recommend setting up separate LLCs for each practice. And again, keep your clients in one bucket or the other. You can't, can't double dip on a client. Yes, absolutely. It's, um, it's confusing to the client. It's confusing to the client. Yeah. And part and, of that is the education. Yes. And I want to say, um, and I'm all, all about this because I, I, I personally experienced it uh, and it's changed my life. I stumbled uh, upon, like I do uh, many things in this world, I just kind of stumble upon things because of my curious mind. And I stumbled upon um, what you were talking about, multiple revenue streams, digital products, you know, books like that. I never had a master plan. I'm not that smart. I just stumble upon shit, right? And so I can compare myself now and comparing myself to when I first started scrambling for clients, having full practice, burnout, and then today um, doing things like writing books, you know, texting people, having some, some subscription stuff and having kind of multiple revenue streams. And what that does, because uh, it's not just about money, it gives you freedom. You know, it gives you freedom so you actually enjoy what you're doing and you can design a life where it's like, yes, you can make some money and help people and you don't have to feel um, burnout and fatigue and, you know, it doesn't have to be so heavy, this career. Oh, yeah. And, you know, guys, the most important thing about what John's saying is having fun. That, yeah, yes. You know, having coaching, fun. differentiating is a wonderful way to expand your professional reach a great way to diversify your offerings. And if you're listening to this and you're starting to feel your throat tighten up, just keep in mind that that's what the system has drilled into you. And at mm -hmm. any time, and you guys know this because you're therapists, you can say no thank you to a feeling. <laughs> yes. And, and also, you know, if your goal is, you know what, um, John, I know you do your books and blogs and whatever, but my goal is to have a full practice and have back-to-back -back sessions, then that's great. You know, um, our friend MC who also teaches for journey, she just wants to have a full practice. She doesn't want to text people and do other things and, you know, like that's her dream. And if that's what you want, you could also have that as well. So. Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, the, the water's warm, there's tons you can do. And mm -hmm. if I could leave you with one nugget, it would be to get curious about how you can customize your life. Oh, yeah. that You know what? That's the new, and I believe that's going to be the standard soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Customize I hope life. so. Yep. We're all moving in that direction and doing it together because coaching and therapy, um, they're both beautiful disciplines, and you know we all need to create room at the table for each other. Yes, and I want to end with you, one is not better than the other. Um, and just because Noel and I, uh, uh, you know, uh, teach and, and help people become coaches, we are not anti-therapists. I couldn't survive without my therapist. Exactly. We, we need both. <laughs> um, we need to hold hands, guys. And if you uh, are a therapist, uh, come check out Journey. If you are interested in coaching, uh, we are not uh, about us and them. We are about we. Awesome. Awesome. Right, Thank you, well. John. I'll talk Thank to you, you soon. Yeah, bye. 
Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to journey.co slash everything to explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose and a strong community to do it in. We created Journey Coaching to equip you with the tools, training and community you need to attain your goals. Join Journey Coaching and begin your journey towards personal freedom and a transformative state of growth today. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash everything.